welcome back to another episode of Dwarf Fortress Talk. We are here with myself, Nathan Miller, also known as Rainseeker, and across from me is Captain Tastic. He's almost like he's in the room with me. How's it going? And also our illustrious leader, Tarn Adams, also known as Toady One. <laughs> Toady One. And next to Tarn Adams is his bifricatus cat. Actually, Scamps has an unknown location right now, so he's going to be prowling and clawing me at his will. I'm kind of worried now I don't see him. It's the anticipation (laughs) that uh, that really makes it interesting. (laughs) So, we are going to be talking today about cities and the nature of cities in the game, um, including how they impact... Fortress mode and how they imp- how they're going to be handled for adventure mode. Um, I think they're mostly there to um, make adventure mode more colorful. Am I not correct? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. As I mean, to, to 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 add a lot to do in adventure mode. I mean, there's there's there there they're going to be um, places where you can conceivably hang out for your entire game eventually. Um, <laughs> doing all sorts of things, and uh, so so the, the, they should be they should end up being really important um, over overall, <sighs> just like they were. Um, things to do and are today. To That's right. There's peoples everywhere, thousands and thousands of little peoples. So what we're looking at here is, and if you guys have seen on the website, we have some pictures of what these cities are going to look like. Um, and that's on the that's on the um, dev page, correct? Yeah, that's right. Bay Twelve Games dot com slash dwarves. The main the main Dwarf Fortress page has uh, has the 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 latest pictures. And um, by the by the time this recording comes out, there should be even more pictures. <laughs> so yeah, so you can check pictures. them out as we're talking about it. Um, the um, so now what what we're looking at is the, an overview of the city. If you if you are looking at it. You'll see there's a number of um, pre-made um, buildings, and uh, usually there's a river possibly going through it. Um, and what what is happening here, Tarn? How how is this thing being generated? Well, we've got we've got right now it it um, it it places the um, the 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 center of the town. It just picks out a picks out a spot and spreads out. Uh, buildings from there, um, respecting you know whatever whatever wall or or keep it's decided decided to put down, and um, it it spreads you know sometimes goes over the water and and um, try it fills out the entire area. I mean the 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 idea is um, that the vast majority of these these cities were were formerly agricultural and. Uh, would have had those old manor manor style maps that we had before, but they've um, they've got a market a market now and are are now the the central hub for at least the surrounding villages that get linked to them. So you you you've got um, these these maps the oldest maps the ones that are currently posted um, as of the recording don't have market squares or anything so you don't actually get to see the market at this point but. Um, presumably those those will be ready um, before long, and uh, because of because of how it it has to integrate the 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 city grid with the cities, it doesn't it doesn't really have the same former manor structure that that it that it once did. Although um, for for the parts that are still agricultural, but 
um, that that could um, return or not, depending on the on the timetable. But basically, you have you have um, denser city buildings growing out um, from from some central point, and um, you know taking over taking over some portion of the of the formerly agricultural area. So the the cities are always the, the same basic size um, in terms of the overall area that's considered part of that city. It's just the percentage that's that's town and the percentage that's agricultural is uh, is varied based on the population, pretty much. That's why they always have the same kind of overall shape. It's because all the villages have the same overall shape too. Nothing's really changed about that. What well, can you tell us about? Uh the people that currently live in these places are do the cities have populations yet yeah yeah the, so so right now during world gen we kind of we kind of stopped the caravan arc partway through and then did the first release and then did some bug fixing but but as of as of then world generation had assigned a bunch of professions and as as um all of the all of the villages would just have have people that were that were doing farming, mining, um, and uh, various agricultural related work. They they they'd butcher the animals on occasion and um, and and so on. But nothing like you wouldn't just get a bunch of silversmiths placed in the random villages that were there. But when a when a market springs up, it it looks at the um, the resources that are available from the villages, whether that's ore or um, leather or um, uh, you know what what ow what is this cat uh, and and various uh, he just snuck up behind into the claws like usual Again. and now he's getting his belly rubbins um, so so you you have you have um, once you get a market and there's a market from the very beginning basically from year one or two or three or whenever uh, it they'll there'll be a market uh, location selected for the for the beginning villages. And that that's where it, it centers all of the all of the um, the secondary kind of craft work. So you have all of the the ore and things being brought to that town, and you have the the professions springing up, the ones that can spring up around there. And and every every village in town has um, a, a list of needs based on the the population and the items that are currently stored, and stores all of the items numerically now. And so, if if people have a desire for 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 beds or weapons or um, crafts of various kinds, uh, they'll they'll start to uh, use the resources they have, and they'll also look at the neighboring markets that they link up with and see what needs they have, and um, basically build the things that they're best at building using the resources they have. And that will that starts to create profession counts in the towns and specialty counts in the towns. So it kind of keeps track of how long they've been doing a given thing and how many people are doing it. And you so you, you get you get some specialization and also um, uh, kind of the remainder of the town doing the other jobs uh, that that need doing. And in the end, you have a numerical breakdown of the population of the town by profession. So we have, you know, for for a, for a given town up there that might have, you know, a thousand or two thousand people or whatever, you'll have um, a specific breakdown of all of the professions, and those are used or going to be used depending on where we're at when this is released to uh, populate the buildings with um, workshops and and so on to um, 
to reflect what uh, who who lives in the city um, during World Gen. So, do you have plans to allow the cities to grow organically um, over the course of World Gen, or is that um, and, and is that going to continue on into adventure mode? So. City growth right now during World Gen, it does not have the specific city map set aside during World Gen because it takes um, it takes a certain amount of time to generate one of these maps, and um, it would slow down World Gen a bit to have the specific locations of every building tracked, and it would also be uh, pretty memory intensive. So right now, what it does is it numerically tracks the buildings and things, so it knows how much is there, but it doesn't know specifically where it's located or how many streets there are and where the streets, like the exact shape of the road network and everything. It just kind of knows what's there, and those numbers increase or decrease uh, depending on what's going on. And uh, once once World Gen ends, then it has that information ready to create a map of the city so that when you go go to the city uh, for the first time, it will then generate a map based on that information. So there's 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 still an opportunity for for the appearance of organic growth there because it has historical information and it has um, uh, population um, uh, variation over time and it can keep track of how many it doesn't currently keep track of exactly when every building was built, but doing that to some extent would be feasible in which in which case you could do a bit of um, organic growth for the time during World Gen. After World Gen, uh, it's basically the same story. You have uh, nothing happening right now uh, changing in the towns, and um, the, the, the timeline for that is, is not, really, not really well known. We'll, we'll see um, when, when, the, when we get to, I think it was release 5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go jump and check now. There was a release there that really gets at the dynamics of the situation. Right now, we're just trying to get things to show up at all. Um, you know, so you have to be a, be a bit patient with what we've got. But release five: changing populations, food use, and other world gen stuff moved to actual play. That entire release is basically dedicated toward um, making the situation more dynamic in the cities. So, if if people, you know moved to a town then that needs to be reflected in the in the growth of the town even if you visited the town before so if you if you if you visited a town it had a population of 1000 you play the game for you know 20 in-game year, years uh which isn't um i mean it, it, that that would be a lengthy uh series of adventure mode games but it's not just adventure mode games being played it's fortress mode games which pass the years quite quickly um and so you you can end up with with say a town you know if its population changed from one thousand to two thousand then and you've already visited the town in adventure mode then you you would have a map for that town and that map would need to be updated so basically it would need to um, take changes uh, a summary of changes basically uh, it can't it can't keep track of everything but a summary of changes create the city and then uh, continue to create the city basically and 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 more or less tear up uh, Tear up farmland and extend extend the um, extend the map uh, outward. So the the um, the extent to which that's possible with with you know say 500 years of of world gen history. Um, I mean it's 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 not something I'm doing right now as, as various people have noted um, you know about these maps. 
but um, and I don't have all the all the information stored that I need, but it's it's certainly a, a feasible a feasible thing that, that shouldn't be shouldn't be too difficult um, overall. So what would happen if your adventurer, say, went into town and slaughtered all the innocent civilians and then um, started a new game and came in to that same town? Would it regenerate with less buildings or would they keep the buildings just to have a small population? How many of the civilians are innocent, you know? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> so yeah, if we assume, I mean, if, 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 the, if the, once we get to release five, that's when, you know, the wholesale uh, occurrence of adventurer antics is going to um, have an impact, uh, have a real impact on on how the how the city how the city survives. I mean, if you if you go there and kill all of the all of the silversmiths, then that's going to kill the silver industry in that town, uh, <laughs> and that's going to affect trade. And I mean, I, I people have been looking at at how fragile the relationships right now are in world gen when you have kind of these insane boom bust cycles where you just have thousands of people disappearing or or growing back up uh based on 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 uh, you know given given industry failing or or not working out um properly or just because the the game is very sensitive and not very smart uh at this point especially uh it it would impact the whole world because if the if the um, if the if the silver trade was was the the only way that that the um, the surplus in another town was was getting traded as well, then that town would also become impoverished, and you'd you'd see a uh, because they'd have a bunch of goods they couldn't move anymore, and then everyone would 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 begin to suffer, and that's what we're going for with release five. Um, is uh, is getting? I mean, release four has merchants moving around on the map, and that should start to get the the goods to flow. But the impacts come in release five, and by that time, your your antics should have real real meaning. Um, until then, you're just going to be hanging out at bars and drinking and stuff, and kind of wandering around town causing trouble. Awesome. To no real end, but it'll it'll have uh, it'll have an impact at that time. That's what we're hoping for. That's kind of the whole goal of that release. How will uh, cities respond to attacks by either like goblin hordes or mega beasts? Will there be battle damage? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's army battle that, damage. No, certainly. Yeah, it's it's army arc stuff, right? Uh, so so this is this is now we're, we're talking about further down the line after the after the 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 nine releases that have been scheduled. Then we're jumping into the army arc, and yeah, these these cities are sitting here waiting to be uh, waiting to be um, um, you know, destroyed basically by, by by people willing to go through and do the hard work. Uh, so all of all of the um, like like there's there's a couple scenarios that'll that'll have to be handled in in the army arc. Uh, there is the player attacking with a dwarven army. Um, Attacking a city like this, it would, so you'd 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 have essentially those maps I've posted in some kind of. You can't have the whole thing loaded at once because that's. I mean, the maps I've posted are generally 17 by 17 embarks, and you, you, that 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 would be a memory problem just by itself before you even think about the speed. Uh, but but you'd have the 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 kind of embark level map or a, or a slightly zoomed in version of that, and you'd be able to tactically order your guys around. So you you can basically imagine those maps you're you're looking at Askified, 
and then uh, having your soldiers laid out, and then kind of do a do a Ken Burns Civil War thing with them, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where you got your armies moving around, bars of armies, and and uh, they would be somewhere, and you'd be somewhere else, and then your guys would move, and their guys would do whatever, and and eventually you'd be into the buildings, and the buildings would possibly suffer for it. And um, they're only, you know, in in the biggest cities, I think there are around 2,500 buildings. And just just tallying, I mean, uh, there's only going to be a few cities that size in the whole world. And when it comes to tallying damage on 2,500 structures, that's just a drop in the memory bucket. I mean, if you if you were going to do four bytes per building, um, then... Uh, you know, it's ten thousand bytes, and you—that's you know—I I think a dwarf is bigger than that, or something. So it's not—it's not a big deal uh, to, to tally tally the complete destruction specifically of each building as it's as it's um, raised. Uh, if you're if you're going through doing that kind of thing uh, to the town, and that would be that would be so. There's the there's the dwarf version, and then there's the abstract version, which which in the end is probably going to be the one that looks the, looks the least satisfying when it's just some town. Across the the world, uh, where you haven't been yet, has been attacked and it and it and fifty percent of it has been destroyed or something by some 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 goblin rampaging army or something or a mega beast, and then you go to that city and it has to sort of simulate fifty percent damage on the city or whatever, and so it'll just pick out buildings, um, maybe choose a direction of attack or something, and just just uh, and choose how the fire spread or whatever, and 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 blow up a bunch of buildings, and uh, and then rebuild on top of that. And then there's there's the the other the other type of thing it'll need to handle is if you're an adventurer in a city at the time it's being attacked, then it's going to need to to be able to deal with um, your moving frame of reference versus where the attacking armies are and also what are all the civilians doing. It's it's quite similar to how the dwarf mode version would work though, if you're um, not just on a tactical map but if you're zooming into specific battles that you want to watch in dwarf mode. Like if you want to zoom in on the gate when it's being attacked or, or zoom in on one quarter of the city when it's being attacked and actually watch what's happening, then you have to deal with the same stuff, which is, uh, you know, you've got um, maybe two or three hundred civilians loaded um, in addition to whatever armies are in that area. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the civilians are going to have to be pretty pretty brain dead to, to have that uh, continue to run at a proper speed, but they would be able to kind of follow mass paths out of there. It's it's way easier to do fast pathing on a, on a city with roads and so on. And if there are blockages, then they might just kind of uh, get stuck in dead ends and and burn to death or whatever. That's just going to be part of uh, part of uh, part of the fun. Yeah, if you want to call if you want to call it that, that's what it is. Um, and and so yeah, so I'm I'm not I'm not I'm 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 basically always going to be. Um, Extra mindful of of the um, the speed concerns that that come with having cities with large populations, and there's basically going to be a lot of people hanging out in their houses and a lot of people walking along roads, and that's not bad because that's what happens in cities. So I think I think we'll end out, end up um, end up in good shape, uh, and the vast majority of the people aren't going to be loaded at a given time. Uh, so so it's pretty easy to keep um, keep it under control. I think as long as the cities don't don't get Larger than they are now, right? And even so if they do, even if they do, you could have a world-spanning city. It just doesn't have all the people loaded. That would be actually kind of spooky. Yeah, it's kind of yes. a Trantor thing or whatever. You pave the whole thing with steel or whatever, and have people wandering around on it. 
All right, so what's going to happen to a city that runs out of the re- main resource that it uses? I mean, is that going to be possible? And- uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, the, the uh, especially if it relies on, on trade rather than... I mean, I don't know how we're going to do mines, like exhausting mines. I haven't really thought about that. Um, we're going to get further into that in release two when we do mines um, and and specific mine maps uh, and, and, and prove the geology a bit. Uh, but especially with if you're just relying on some other city uh, for trade, like like if you if you get all of your ore from another city or another basically another trading block, so it's got it's got its villages supplying it with ore, and then you trade the ore for something else so that your guys can work. Then if that if that route is cut off by war or whatever, then you just I mean you get the typical problems you have when that kind of thing happens is a bunch of people can't work. Um, and then, you know, trouble, lots of trouble. Um, I guess, uh, until we make right. them smarter, they just starve to death as of release five, like we were talking about when, <laughs> when it actually, uh, when they actually have to, have to make ends meet, then they'll be in a lot of trouble. Um, and you basically have the, uh, the population would, uh, riot or disperse or, uh, you know, you have people moving, um, moving east, moving west, moving north, moving south. There you uh, go, moving I, out I, or, uh, or yeah. stealing, stealing food. Yeah, well, the, the, the town could be looted before they leave. <laughs> but they can't stay forever. I mean, if you, you can't support a, a population that isn't being fed. Um, so, yeah, it's, it should be intriguing. I mean, Release 5 is really going to be the one. Release 5 is going to be the one, and that's why I've set aside Release 5 just for this kind of thing that's going to test how resilient the models actually end up being. Uh, you know, is the game... It's really testing the whole premise of the game, basically, that you can have systems like this that don't totally fall apart, and or they only fall apart when they should, more or less. And it, it, it's, 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 it's something that... I can't say how it's going to turn out. I mean, there's, just, there's too many moving parts to know, um, to know if it's going to work or not. And I hope it works, because that's that's kind of the whole the whole thing we've been aiming at for years is is release five more or less. Uh, you know, is is the is the world actually going to survive uh, being uh, alive, really? <laughs> All right, so we have cities and we have adventurers. What happens when you mix them? <laughs> Let's say you're you're an adventurer, you got some weapons, you're a tough dude, you're in the middle of a functioning city, you want to make some cash. What do you do? That's right. So so you you come in there and uh you know, let's say you're not completely incompetent, so you and and you have a you maybe have a bit of a reputation or not. Uh so what can you do? Well, at first, we don't have taverns, we don't have inns, we just have these people, right? There's just people hanging out in the city. And basically, we'll have to go with um, with uh, you know the most the most cliched garbage at first, probably. Uh, so, you know, things to kill, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, uh, bandits have analogs in cities. Um, just just uh, things like you know, are there are there criminals hanging out in a uh, in a um, in a in a location? Are there are there um, 
are there sewers, are there catacombs, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I can tell you there are going to be uh, sewers and catacombs, of course. Um, and, and uh, you know, you just have to look up Roman sewers or uh, Parisian sewers uh, to, uh, to see that it's not, it's not all, um, not all uh, you know, modern fantasy cliche stuff, although <laughs> throwing monsters down there um, is... <laughs> <laughs> Although I mean, Zach and I were talking about this one, you have uh, if you have if you have your sewer system connected to the river, um, and you have hippos in your river, then you can have hippos in your sewer. Hmm. I mean, I think I read unless you have grates. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't invest in the grates, then you've got hippos, and then it's you've got yeah. hippos. Yes, um, yes. Small adventurer who's barely <laughs> done anything with his life, go down in the sewers and kill whatever's down there. That's right. Can you you're kill? Like, no problem. I can kill rats. <laughs> and then you're confronted by hippos. That's really a bad ending. It, it, should, be ending. it should be exciting. Leave your preconceptions behind. That's right. <laughs> so you never know. Never know what you're going to find down in the sewers. But but. Uh, Carp, even uh, carp aren't as dangerous as it might be. They get right through the rivers. Anything you find in the rivers, um, if they, if they don't grade off the sewer entrances, then you've got trouble. But um, I mean, so 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 sewers are fun little places to place um, all kinds of um, uh, uh, kind of outlaw peoples and 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 that kind of thing. And then that's the kind of this is the kind of typical farming of 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 of, of fantasy garbage you should have come to expect by now. Um, and, and that, 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 so, so, you know, just, just to have something to do, we're going to, we're going to start there and, uh, you know, you can already look at the release schedule for the actual interesting stuff like, uh, like taverns and so on that'll, that'll, that'll open up, um, adventure mode a bit and adventure mode trading, which is kind of one of the giant points about the, uh, the, um, the arc. But just at first your, your, your adventure is just going to be able to do typical adventure things there. And of course there's no, um, there's no non-lethal force action yet, so when you have to bring, you know, if you're, if you're helping people bring criminals to justice based on the strength of your prior reputation as a dragon and night creature killer or something, and they're like, oh, can you help us out or whatever, uh, then, um, you'll just be, you'll just be murdering people, of course, uh, until, um, the tavern release. The tavern release will, will have non-lethal fighting because there'll be bar fights, and we don't want bar fights to be like, you punch him in the face, jamming the skull into the brain. Killing <laughs> him instantly or whatever. So we're gonna make um, we're gonna have to change combat a bit to make make um, make fist fights work, because right now fist fights are way too dangerous. Um, but uh, but it but it it should it should work out in the end. And you you might you know if you have the reputation for it, it'd be strange like if you just wandered into the town, you, no one knew who you were. You did, you weren't you weren't famous for anything, and you're like. I want to go on the night patrol and look out for criminals for you or whatever and be like, yes, we trust you to patrol our streets or whatever. That'd be that'd be kind of silly, but but um, so there's Unless certain. Unless you were raised in that town, for yeah, yeah, that's right? that that exactly. If you if you if it was your hometown, then um, just like you have people warning you about the uh, the boogeyman outside when you're in your when you're in home your hometown, they just say nice to see you. Um, and they know who you are. The if they know who you are, then they can trust you with that kind of thing, and. And uh, that that's that's uh, that's another thing that can happen. We were thinking, you know, depending on time uh, before the tavern release, we can extend uh, night creatures to make um, make some some city varieties, uh, things that could be in houses and uh, and and uh, in the underground, um, all kinds of things. I mean, once you've got once you've got a house, you can start haunting it with things. But once you've got catacombs, of course, you can go nuts. Uh, <laughs> With with uh, with that, and um, that, that was one of the, the other things uh, we were thinking. We were thinking of getting getting some basic sewers and catacombs in, even in this first release, 
just to to give give you something to do in the new cities aside from wander around and uh, and and purchase things from the many 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 stores and markets. Well, I want to get a job as a hat merchant. <laughs> and that hats and sell them. This will happen. You are going to your dreams. Your dreams are going to come true. Isn't it great? Uh, the, I, I, I can't wait. I want to put carbuchons on them and flowers <laughs> and also feathers. That'd be a big heavy, hats. heavy heavy stone hat. That's right. Uh, Rounded stones on it. Let's let's see. Uh, when when is that? When is that? Uh, release, 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 release. Nine is when, <laughs> when you're going to be guaranteed to be able to to trade and sell things and so on. However, release eight lets you buy cottages and other properties. So so we're kind of we're getting into that whole you know um, you know is the game going to be like one of those um, one of those things more like patrician or something right where you can where you can be in in multiple towns and have properties and Move your caravans around that that sort of thinking, and um, uh, and we've 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 been reading a lot about about how those those things were structured. The things that might be difficult for you to get into as an adventurer is is that kind of uh, production and retail thing where you're where where um, if there's a guild structure that gets put on top of this, which is very likely, then you might have a lot of trouble b- breaking in if you don't choose it as a character generation option or something because. Uh, you know, you weren't you weren't apprenticed early on, and um, yes, I and was in the Hat Guild early on. Yes, 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 yeah. So then, then, then you might you know you might have a chance um, at that kind of thing, uh, but but guilds aren't guilds aren't a um, a foregone conclusion for every every city either. And then you can just be um, you know the guy who makes who make, makes necklaces and sits out on the street and sells them to people that walk by or whatever um, you on your little mat until you get chased off by the guards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so, for those necklaces. so we're g- hoping to give you some opportunities there. I mean, the big, the big start, the big thing is going to be um, the 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 trade oriented thing. Like you'd be able to buy up, um, you know, uh, certain certain goods from from one town and then set up a uh, a warehouse in another town, perhaps, and sell to local local vendors um, for them to 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 sell further. If you do, if you don't want to set up a Store yourself or are able to, uh, and so we'll be exploring that stuff in releases eight and nine, um, and uh, uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I, we haven't we haven't thought quite as much about how how the economies would go in a village because there were peddlers that kind of moved from um, from village to village, just kind of you know like I'll sell you a hammer and and I'll buy your uh, you know your your uh, whatever you know. Buy some vegetables, or 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 uh, buy a cow you don't need, and move it to the next town and sell it there, or whatever. I'm not sure they took livestock per se, but you know what I mean. And um, uh, moving, moving, you know, just being being one of the 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 local local peddlers would be a would be a kind of um, lower lower um, um, status uh, version of the of the larger caravan operations that that you could. Uh, that you could engage in, um, but when it comes to actually doing doing making stuff and then and then and then selling it, you'll just need to find an avenue for doing that. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be getting getting into um, stuff beyond the trade. But the the trade is going to be the the main the main focus in those in those late releases. Um, but yeah, what else can you do uh, as as an adventurer? Um, no nah. friends. Yeah, yeah, you'll have friends. <laughs> That's the taverns. I guess taverns are all about making friends. Uh no matter how it's done. Um 
friends and connections. Hey. Yeah, because I don't I don't think the tavern the tavern thing will be done until you can get a fist fight with somebody and then just laugh it off with them afterward and then get drunk and then you're both kind of passed out missing half your teeth or whatever. The classic scenario. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they could go out and kill a dragon with you or whatever. Or you could both die trying to do that anyway when you're still drunk. That's right. You can't earn a dwarf's respect until you punch his teeth out. <laughs> I wonder if they, I mean, yeah, we'd have to start adding things in like dwarves grow their teeth back every two weeks or something. <laughs> kind of the, the necessary the necessary things or the, they'll all end up looking like Tank Abbott or something, just 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 toothless. Kind of. They're well adapted to bar fights. They are. They are. Part of, they part of their evolution. <laughs> Right. And they'll have redundant livers in their knees and stuff, and um, <laughs> it's going to be uh, yeah. Alcohol's, alcohol's not toxic to them at all, actually. It's, they don't yeah. yeah, it'd be too bad if that. I mean, they have to get drunk, but maybe yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Because we'll well, you want to you want to have the dwarves be distinguished and yet recognizable. Um, so 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 well. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gonna be. Uh, I, I guess their their teeth just might be rooted a little more deeply than the average tooth, so they don't get busted out quite as often because they're gonna be boxing each other in the face all the time. But uh, yeah. maybe they only slap in the bars. They don't punch. <laughs> yeah, dwarven slap fights. It'll be uh, too much. Too much. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the third half of the show. <laughs> um, we're going to be addressing our questions from DF Talk listeners. And if you want to ask a question, Tarn, where do they go to ask? They go to uh, the the Dwarf Fortress general discussion section of the forums, and there's a sticky thread there, and it will and give you the exact format. And feel free to ask as many questions questions you like, but please make them succinct. We get a lot of long, rambling questions that are hard to ask. But with that in mind, I shall take the first one from Argenbarger. I'm sorry if I slaughtered your name, um, your forum name. What kinds of government types will be included in Dwarf Fortress, and will they have any effect on how the entity as a whole is managed? So right now we have um, the different entities have different positions that have different responsibilities, and so uh, we've we right now haven't really explored anything interesting. Everything is is um, is more or less dictatorial now, to the extent that decisions are being made at all, Um, and they aren't really. But when we start getting into the 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 army arc stuff and maybe a bit with this caravan stuff. Uh, it'll it'll start to matter, and at that point we're really open for any division of um, of of um, open for any division of responsibilities that 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 could possibly come up. And what what we're what we're starting with is is just this this whole kind of warlord king thing. But the uh, the elves already have uh, distinctions um, in their uh, in their in their government between. Uh, the uh, the the druids and and queens and and kind of warrior princess type situation they have there, and uh, those 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 kind of distinctions uh, each of the each of those those types of people would have different responsibilities and so you'd have 
um, you know, conflicts at times uh, between between what what each of those three people want to do. But they're essentially um, co-equal branches of government there. And that's the intention. of I'm not saying any of this is happening now because we haven't gotten to anything relevant yet. Uh, and if, if, if later on the humans start to branch out, because right now there's only one human entity, and uh, so it, it doesn't have any diversity at all. But when we start getting diversity there, we just start divvying up the... Um, the responsibilities for both the sites and for the larger government, and um, if if a um, you know if there ends up being like we have now those those kind of mayoral elections in in dwarf mode, if you end up with a number of elected representatives and have several people um, uh, that that each have their own kind of personalities weighing in or voting on 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 actions that can be taken, then um, you know that's uh, we're all for that and it and it's not i mean it's not it's not much more difficult to do than uh um individuals making decisions so let's, like i have hasn't really been done much either but but when when a single warlord can make a decision to do an attack or not then you just have to weigh you know if you have to weigh the 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 votes of five people and um have a majority rule type situation then then it wouldn't it wouldn't be that much more difficult it would, it, it would just be, you know, just have to watch out for the processor intensiveness of it. If you want to have a Senate of 100 different people or whatever, then uh, it starts to become a, a processor problem. But we don't really have the populations to support um, very large bodies, very large legislatures or whatever. But, yeah, hopefully we'll start to have things like codified laws and, and um, you know, whoever's making the laws, having them written down um, in, in a lot of uh, of the different societies and so on. So... Uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're starting with the simple ones and, and hoping to spread out from there. Um, no timelines, of course, um, on this, but, uh, it should, should start to come to a head in the army arc because that's when decision making is going to, um, become very pressing because they'll have very specific decisions they have to make. Emperor John asks, does grass growth change in different biomes and circumstances? Is there any chance of us developing a precise formula for the pasture area needed, factoring in the chance of grass regrowing, trample, and grazing? Uh, right now, there's no, um, there's no difference. It just comes in um, kind, of, uh, kind of randomly. Uh, it's, it's, it's more or less like when you see the raindrops falling, um, you also get kind of a, a regrowth pattern that that runs a little slower than that, uh, but more or less at random. Uh, but you could you could you could you know calculate um, what's the average growth of a given block of of grass, and so so theoretically you would be able to come up with a precise formula. However, um, Making grass making grass growth grass growth is hard to say grass growth rates um, uh, change uh, is is certainly this kind of thing that sounds fair especially if you want you know bamboo to say grow very quickly um, for instance then it it would and that would change you know that would change all of the all of the formulas. Um, and so, so to to the larger issue, if the larger issue is my animals are starving and I don't know how big to make my pasture, then uh, I think that that's probably the issue that should be addressed. I mean, we 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 added that um, kind of without uh, without a lot of help for the the player and and uh, for their starving animals. You kind of have to manage 
Um, you know, oh, I see a starving animal. Oh, I'm going to place a new pasture, enlarge the existing pasture, and move the animal if they have to be moved, and then um, they can continue eating. And, um, you know, having, having, having that be handled, uh, say, more automatically or giving you some more notifications there certainly be a reasonable thing. Um, making making farmers able to uh, to do um, to do um, do things without without your kind of absolute hand holding all the time is certainly a uh, certainly a legitimate point if that's the uh, if that's the one being made um, then yeah definitely um, we'll we'll need to do that um, okay just to be certain though. Soil type and similar has no bearing on grass growth. No, no. I mean, well, I mean, it has to support grass growth at all, and then, then basically, when it hits the, um, when it hits the square, when the regrowth hits the square, it just adds twenty five percent to the ah. grass to the grass length, and then when the when the animals are sitting on top of it, they kind of mow off one percent <laughs> at a time. It just goes one percent, one percent, one percent, one percent down to zero, and then they move uh, to a different square and start nibbling there, but then the old square could be hit, and suddenly it's got 25%. And 25%, you can't tell, it's just a sparse grass again. So the sparse grass will appear, and then it will become regular grass, and then dense grass, um, maybe with one doubling in there. Um, and uh, the the um, it just kind of drops these, these 25s all over the place or whatever. And then the people can go eat them, and the 25s become 50s, and then 75s and 100s over time as the squares hit multiple times. Uh, so it's it's just um, it's kind of random and and just just grows back, um, you know, over time. And it's one of those things that isn't quite as complex as one might assume it to be at first glance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's For there's, now. there's a whole yeah there's a whole lot of things like that. I mean, we have we have the uh, we have the dev page of course with the with the, the there's a whole farming improvements section when it's like you know will we get into soil pH and the 800 other things that are. Um, that that come up with with farming, and then at that point, um, you know, grass is obviously going to be a different different little beastie there. But no, not right now. It's just kind of dumping grass on you from the sky or whatever. It's raining nice. grass. Little grass packets. Grass here. <laughs> All right, so I have a question here from Dark Raider 2. He asks if players will be able to construct wagons now, and if not, will there be saddlebags or something to justify carrying as much as the current caravans do? And um, will there be a system in place to make sure the caravans you send come back with things you want? Yeah, now this is relative to, to you being able to send out caravans in the future. Yes. So, so um yeah, if you if you can send out caravans, you're definitely going to need to be able to to build the um, to build the, the 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 things that you send out. And in terms of saddlebags and stuff, uh, the the um, the right now it's it's been a lot more important just to just to let the caravans carry a lot of stuff so that they would be meaningful at all. Um, and it, it, you know, we haven't worried about about um, you know the 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 actual capacity or the equipment there, so um, that might continue to be the case um, if if your if your caravans are going to have to be able to ca- carry insane amount of stuff, we we might just not worry about it at all. But um, we're certainly not anti saddlebag 
if you if you if you move over to, to something like like adventure mode or whatever, uh, the the equipment all gets more specific there. And in 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 dwarf mode, if the if the trading capacity ever makes sense, um, then um, then we'll deal with it. But it, the trading capacity might not ever make sense because of the accelerated time frame. You can't um, you can't um, always make sense out of uh, out of the the amounts that are going to be going in and out. So we might not we might not worry about it. Um, and uh, in terms of of being able to, um, if you do send out a caravan, making sure it doesn't just come back with a bunch of garbage, rather than the things you want, then I think that'll be covered by the new the new trade agreements when you are making more specific trade agreements that actually address your wants and needs, rather than having to kind of play grab bag with the wagons or whatever and hope that hope that you you get anything that you're gonna want. Um, Based on just some some kind of general preferences that you you mentioned, and then they you know occasionally will bring some extras of certain things, but still bring you just a you know twenty caged monkeys or whatever one of each kind of gibbon or something. Then it it, it uh, that that'll definitely be handled with the with the agreements, uh, no matter how how sending out caravans works or how the caravans that'll be arriving at your fortress works. You'll you're definitely one of the main focuses is going to be. Um, allowing you to control the the goods that come uh, with with a, a great deal more precision because the caravans don't want to waste their time either. Um, in the end, especially when we get to the um, get to the releases where the outcome of the caravan is going to have something to do with how uh, prosperous people are and how likely they are to eat in the future, then uh, they're going to want to try and trade everything they can to you. Um, so the you know just just bringing worthless crap will be bad for everybody. Right. And that should conclude this month's Dwarf Fortress talk. Bye. Thank you. For, <laughs> see ya. Thank you for sending in your questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being you. That's right. Yeah. And thank Malox. Do we have any other? Malox. Do we have any other thanks? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna thank Malox for being Malox, uh, yep. for doing the transcript, and we're gonna thank Olie for being Olie for doing the music, and we're gonna thank Emily Menendez for being Emily Menendez for doing some other music, and um, we're gonna thank Rainseeker and Captain Tastic and Toady One for being themselves as well, and the question and answer people, You're and um, and welcome. Um, we're going to. Uh, in my credits list, um, it, I, I think I hit everybody. There's a new thing in the credits list that says, tell people to donate. <laughs> Ach, don't forget to donate. There you go. <laughs> and, I'd like to thank uh, yeah. Fortress fan Jeremy for being a fan and being named Jeremy. That's right. That's and I'd like to thank everyone who donated this past month. Good job. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Keep reminds it up. Me of the um, this this flower place that's in town here, where it has this little billboard that says, you know, if your name is John, come in today for a free rose. So I guess we'll just pick a pick a name every um, every every episode and thank. So all the all the Dwarf Fortress fans named Jeremy this uh, this time around. Um, thanks. I was thinking about just having it be Jeremy every month, but your idea uh, actually. I know you're you're right. Yeah. More productive it's true it's true <laughs> I just pile on um because i'd also like to thank scamps for personally hurting tarn they just yeah, i, I think scamps was someone's got it he's, he's sitting on the floor there being remarkably calm 
and just chilling out. Uh, I've been very happy with Scamps' performance this uh, this time around. Good job, Scamps. Go Scamps. <laughs> Uh, you know, is is the is the world actually going to survive uh, being uh, alive, really, <laughs> or will it just have to be dead being dead instead of being alive being alive? <laughs> if you if you let it be dead being alive, then it's just chaotic mess, um, and that's probably unacceptable. Uh, this is going to be really confusing to read for our people. That that's right. Yes, and I apologize <laughs> to. Uh, I'm sorry, Malik. Malik's in advance for. Uh, for this Rumsfeldian um, uh, turn of phrase here. <laughs> the dead alive, and the dead dead, and the alive dead. So, yes, uh, it's very supernatural. But Let's, uh, let's pause <laughs> for a second and allow for a transition. <laughs> So how's your little kitty there? Uh, he's looking out the window. Looking out the window here. Uh, just cleaned the apartment recently, so he's been uh, he's been running around enjoying the so newfound floor and stuff. You've trained him to clean the apartment. That's great. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I had to do do work, and he um, he gets to enjoy all the benefit. But he has a lot of fun when he has more clear tracks to run around on and stuff. <laughs> so he's been trouble. My hands all cut up and scratched, but. Far for the course, though. Because he's really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll he'll just come up and claw me in the back, and then he, well, I'll turn around and look at him, and he'll be already rolled and showing his belly, and he's just supposed to be sitting there getting his belly rubbed or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I clearly tell you with my claws <laughs> in your back that you are supposed to rub my belly. How more clear can I be? <laughs> no, that's his only way of getting getting attention. Really, is just to come up and claw you. I don't know. It's it's not a good habit, but it's too late now.